Hello and welcome to HI Pod, Essential Listening for the Business of Healthcare. I'm Marika Halan, the Deputy Editor of Health Investor. In this episode, I interview Benjamin Davis, Chief Executive of Octopus Healthcare, exploring market opportunities and trends, as well as looking at what we can expect from healthcare infrastructure in 2019. Hi, Benjamin. Uh, hi, great to be here. Um, so, I guess to get the ball rolling, uh, since Octopus Healthcare was established, how has it evolved and where does it now sit in the market? Well, we established Octopus Healthcare about four and a half years ago. Uh, we see ourselves as one of the UK's leading healthcare investors. Uh, the main ways uh, we've evolved over the last few years, I think firstly, uh, growing our care home investment area. Um, we've made a big push in, into care homes. Uh, I'd also say we've made a big push into retirement. Um, we've worked with, with about six operators in the last few years on the retirement side. I think the other area is in how we've scaled up our development team and our activities uh, across both care and retirement uh, on the development side. A few things make us different from, from other, other fund managers. Uh, Firstly, um, I guess most importantly, we focus on long-term partnerships and repeat business. So we want to really get to know people and then work with them over the long term. I think secondly, our in-house development team is is something that sets us apart. And and that's been crucial over the last few years in securing the right investments and and really driving our our deal pipeline and getting off-market deals for for our funds. Lastly, our clinical assurance team, uh, which which is a bit unusual and, and is, is actually central to, to our mission of of creating exceptional healthcare facilities. Um, and that's necessary both for evaluating and vetting operators before we work with them, and then also ongoing monitoring of our operators, providing assistance. We run uh, events and best practice workshops, etc., and, and pull together lots of different operators, which, which I think is really appreciated by, by the people we partner with. What do you feel are the fundamentals contributing to healthcare opportunities for investors specifically? Well, we we focus on on the private pay sector for both uh, care and, and retirement, um, and like any market, you can look at demand and supply. So, on the on the demand side, uh, it's a huge amount of demand being driven in both care and retirement due to demographics. Um, so it's well publicised that the UK has an ageing population. Um, over 65s growing at three times the rate of, of the rest of the UK population. Um, I heard the other day that by 2035, the over 65s will be nearly a quarter of the population. So you think about that, that's, that's, uh, that's quite different from, from 50 years ago. Um, I think coupled with that, this demographic of, of over 65s is, uh, owns a tremendous amount of, of housing wealth, so over a trillion pounds of housing, housing wealth owned by the over 65s. And these consumers, uh, these, these wealthy uh, equity owners are, are very different to their parents. So the, these are baby boomers, they have, they have different demands, different preferences. So you, you have a market which, um, which is very different to, to a couple of generations ago. On the supply side, um, there's a huge need for modern purpose-built care homes and retirement communities. Um, on the care home side, uh, a lot of them are just really old. They're not fit for purpose. Uh, they lack ensuite facilities quite a lot of the time. And they're just out of date uh, when you look at what, what people are demanding. Um, on the retirement side, it's a slightly different problem in that the stock just doesn't exist. Um, 
So um, I'm from New Zealand. Um, in New Zealand, five to six percent of over 65s live in a purpose-built retirement community. UK, it's about 0.6, 0.7%. So we're about 20 years behind over here. Um, And if you look at the numbers, about a third of over 55s considered downsizing in the last five years. Only about 7% actually managed, though, because there just wasn't the the suitable uh, real estate available for them. Um, So that's demand and supply. I guess if if you then look at where the money's coming from, so the investors, um, more and more we see institutional investors viewing healthcare as infrastructure so not not so much real estate but but infrastructure and these are investors who are seeking solid returns um, they want to diversify and they want to deploy their capital in a different way so you're seeing the the rise of alternatives um, and healthcare is a big big part of the alternative rise um, there's also a growing uh, growing movement within institutions to focus on environmental social governance factors or ESG factors and um, people are now questioning where's our money going so if we're investing all these hundreds of millions or billions of dollars around the world um, where's our money going and what is it actually doing so investing in healthcare um, and making a, a positive contribution to society I think is um, uh, really important for a lot of institutions today if you look at just the, the care home side just to take an example I mean this is an area which is um, clearly driven by demographic demand rather than driven by economic cycles. And you know, we did a survey um, late last year, the Octopus Investment Trend Survey. We uh, surveyed a number of global uh, institutions who have invested in healthcare. And more than half, so 56%, uh, said that demographics was the main reason that they invested in healthcare infrastructure. Um, in addition to that, if you look at the the sort of risk-adjusted returns over the last few years, those have been really strong for healthcare, um, and that the nature of investing is is, is very popular. So typically, uh, healthcare care home real estate funds have long leases, so maybe up to thirty five years. Um, the leases are inflation linked, so you're getting inflation backed, uh, inflation linked returns, which as a long term institutional investor is really attractive in today's market. So I guess what I'd like to ask is, do different kinds of assets present different levels of opportunity to investors? And can you elaborate on what that might be? Absolutely. Yeah, they, they do. They very much do. So um, on, on the care home side, um, the investors in, in the sector are very much looking for long term, steady inflation linked income. You're effectively investing in a fund and the fund is itself a landlord um, of these long dated leases on, on, on care homes. On the retirement side, it's a bit different because generally the model is a for sale model. So rather than renting out a care home at the end of it, um, the apartments are being sold off and and the business is being run. Um, So it's more of a development play. So your development profits come in as your apartments are sold. And there's typically a deferred management fee or a deferred membership fee and ongoing profit from from running the the retirement community. Um, Both types of real estate, though, I would say rely on close relationships with the operators who are running the un- underlying uh, healthcare facilities, Wh- whether it's a care home or whether it's a retirement community, you still need those close relationships with operators. I guess that having a strong management team, for example, then is key when you're investing. It's everything. I mean, it's absolutely critical. I mean, the, f- the first the first step has to be management team, and that's at group level, but also at, at site level. Your, your care home manager, for instance, or, or your retirement community, retirement village manager, 
absolutely critical in, in your investment decision. Mm. It's impossible to quantify anything, yep. but how big is institutional investor appetite for healthcare infrastructure? Yeah, well, um, we think it, it's actually it's big and, and it's getting bigger. So we, I mentioned we did a survey, uh, a recent survey, our institu- institutional investment trend survey, um, that found that institutional investors plan to invest up to $200 billion into healthcare infrastructure globally over the next five years. Um, so this is, uh, this is a huge amount of money and uh, we've, we found that these global institutions, um, which already allocate say 6% of their investment portfolio to healthcare infrastructure, are looking to increase that by more than half. So from say 6% to about 9.5%. So um, this is going to result in strong inflows uh, into the sector and it's going to be from a range of, of institutions so this would include uh, the likes of pension funds insurance funds family offices you know sovereign wealth funds private banks etc so there's a broad interest um, from institutional investors into the sector and if you look at if you look at the globe um, you know it's it's Europe which is attracting the bulk of that and then um, within that uh, the UK is actually um, the biggest within Europe. Would you see these allocations in terms of, I guess, where the money is coming from changing? I think there will be um, there will be some institutional investors who haven't yet dipped their toe in the water and they're sitting back and watching. And I've spoken with a few of these over over the last year, and they're they I would regard them as followers rather than leaders. And so I think we've seen a lot of leaders move into the sector, and a lot of um, institutions have have made investments into the sector. And I think others. Are just going to wait a little bit and then they will follow so um i don't want to name any names but um <laughs> but yeah I, I think i think you will see uh, more of the conservative institutions who p- particularly like to follow mm. will start doing that in 2019. and of those who have already invested in the sector how have assets performed if i go back to the the survey uh, that we recently conducted uh just over 70 percent of uh respondents um, said that their healthcare infrastructure investments were performing either as expected or, or indeed outperforming, um, which I think is pretty impressive. Um, and about four in ten reported an annualised net uh, IRR of between ten and fifteen percent over the past five years. So, healthcare I think has done done pretty well over the last few years. Yeah. Would you expect these returns to continue in the future? What would you expect to see in the future? Yeah, I mean. It's, it's, one can never predict the future, but yeah, I, my, my sense is um, returns from healthcare will, will continue to be healthy uh, in the future. Looking at things now, what would you say are the barriers to investing in the sector? I think the, the biggest barrier is um, investors require specialist skills and, and market knowledge. Now, investing in healthcare is different to investing in offices or, or warehouses. Um, you need to know what you're doing and you need to have uh, specialists who uh, have wide sector knowledge and have got the resources to do this sort of investing. Um, that was um, precisely what the uh, survey showed us. So almost half of investors um, cited not having sort of adequate skills and experience as, as their biggest barrier to investing into the sector. Um, this is why you know, at Octopus Healthcare we have... Um, specialists so we have for instance a clinical assurance team and they work with us um, really closely to make sure that we are partnering with the right operators before we make an investment decision 
and then you know after we've invested uh, with monitoring and and with um, continually assisting and and working with them on best practice and, and and sharing knowledge between all our operators that that's something that that's that's really really important I think the other the other area so clearly lack of, of knowledge is a barrier but I guess the other area is regulatory reputational considerations that sort of thing um, again that that came up as as a, as a barrier in, in our survey um, I, I guess to that I'd say that it's true that if you're just a, a property owner a, a landlord of, of healthcare um, real estate um, your risk is reduced compared with say if you're if you're an operator you're actually investing in the operations um, but there is still an enhanced risk over investing in say an office block um, the only way to handle that is to work with the right fund manager the right the right investor who understands that risk and isn't sort of afraid of it and sort of burying their head in the sand but is actually uh, embracing it and being proactive and um, understands that risk and has the right people around the table to manage that risk. Earlier in the conversation, you mentioned a strong flow of interest into care homes, but also into retirement living. Mm. What do you expect to see in retirement living sector in the coming years? Well, you know, that's a great question. We, we have seen in the last couple of years, big institutions move into this sector. So we've seen the likes of AXA and LNG and Moorfield, Goldman Sachs, lots of yeah, big investors are, are moving into the sector. Um, we think this trend is going to continue, um, and we're certainly going to continue our deployment and retirement. Um, it's widely recognised that the the generation coming through now, who are getting older and looking for retirement options, have very different expectations. And building these great retirement communities, where you're, where you're bringing people together in purpose-built real estate, you know, prolonging independence. Um, promoting socializing and fulfilling lifestyle it's just inevitable that this is going to be more widely adopted um, so yeah I think these inflows are going to continue um, certainly from us as well um, but you know I think the other thing on retirement is investors and and indeed operators will all, all agree that um, it's going to take time so um, this is a sector that has a slower and longer rhythm compared with say uh, the care home sector um, so um, it's happening uh, and there are some great operators out there now and there's some strong inflows coming to the sector which is really positive um, Arco is doing some great work as well um, but it's going to take time um, yeah and do you think it will ever reach I guess the I guess the levels of what's going on in terms of Australia and New Zealand you know in time uh, in time you know let's hope I mean that would be a deployment of billions and billions and billions of pounds and, and take and take a, a rather long time I mean um, you know going from you know 0.7% penetration to I think Australia's up to close to 6% now um, that's a vast amount of building um, if we can do about half of that that would be <laughs> that would be brilliant <laughs> sensible, um, sensible focus there yeah, yeah. lastly my last question for you is what can we expect big question I should say yeah. what can we expect from healthcare infrastructure in 2019 well, I, I think predicting the future is always is always tricky. Um, I think you know, regardless of what happens with Brexit or, or anything else, the fundamentals remain. You've got an aging population in the UK, and you have a need for new, modern, purpose-built healthcare facilities, whether it's retirement communities or, or whether it's care homes. So that's only going to increase. Um, I think on a slightly different tack, the, the social care. Green Paper um, is coming out soon, we hope. Um, you know, we're certainly 
eager to see and to support the introduction of you know, any changes to regulation or to funding models which raise the standards of care in the UK and I guess make the system work better because uh, it doesn't work as well as it ought to today. I think investor demand is going to stay strong. Certainly the discussions I'm having with global institutions indicates that at the moment. Um, and speaking for Octopus Healthcare, you know, we've got a strong deal pipeline um, and, uh, you know, we're confident and optimistic and positive in, into 2019. Well, that's a beautifully positive note to end our conversation on. And Benjamin, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you today. Thank you. Thank you.